You are now in tune to a 726 Studio production. Yo, what's up? And welcome back to another episode of Planet Josh. Today I have with me a guest that I've known for over 10 years now. One of my bros, when I say bros, all the way back from high school days, Mr. Ajani Rekenia. What's up, bro? All's well, bro. Good to hear from me. And happy to be here. Good to have you. So how's it going? Everything has been good. Um, busy. Busy is good. Uh, brain cells, brain full, brain juice flowing. So yeah. Today we have a couple of things we want to talk about. Hit me up and you're like, yo, let's do an episode. Let's talk about stuff like career path, um, you know, choosing where you want to go getting into business and all that. But before we get down to all of that technical stuff, I just want to let the people know how I know you. So we go back all the way to first form at Our Lady of Guadalupe High School. Back when Ajani was just a, how to say, a skinny buff. Before <laughs> he got into the buff buff. But yeah, man, this is one of my real good friends. This is one of my few friends that I could actually sit down and talk like, real life shit that's not even like a this or anything to anybody else but like you have like a real serious conversation yeah life grow growth conversations let's call it that so yeah man what's been going on in your life these days yeah man. i mean so i'm just gonna say first off man god is god is amazing right let's put it at that um but when the pandemic happened and everything um like everyone else I mean, the bills didn't stop. I mean, the stress, the anxiety you face. So you had to adjust. So what's been going on in my life, I've completely turned to the virtual world, right? Meaning that I, I generate every source of income online. That's what I've been doing so far. Lately, it's all been online. But before you got to the online, you had to have had something going on. So... What was it that you were doing before you transitioned into the online life? Yeah, I was training. That's the crazy thing. I was training. I was a, as a, I was a personal trainer for about three to four years, probably about four years. And um, this was in Belize, so blow my plan, my apologies. Started at Muscle Hut. Then I gravitated towards Powerhouse Fitness Studio. And um, with Chris and Kaylin, we, we built Powerhouse from the ground up, right? Kaylin being the, the founder and Together, we worked together and built it up. Uh, we then got a next partner, which was, uh, he's, he's working in Muscle, currently Rashawn Marin. And yeah, I just blew up from there. So I was training before all the, the online stuff, literally. So I went from four years uh, training individuals within the gym and not being in front of a computer for like since high school and university to completely indulge on my computer. So it was a crazy transition, to be honest. So first of all, why was it that you got into something such as training and, you know, building up a, building up a gym and all that? Yeah, well, I mean, like beginning of the episode, you actually mentioned that skinny buff and all that stuff. Like from high school, um, you notice what everyone, people probably won't notice, but I was, I was in love with just competing, right? Just being very competitive with, with any sport. Just competitive. And I started exercising, training lifting some weights and i mean that was it i taught myself so much saw information and uh, i ended up becoming a trainer and 
Uh, a lot of individuals from high school, including yourself, probably did not see that coming along. Is uh, me and uh, Joshua here. We, we, you notice, Josh, we were more like, you know, we were the, the smart guys in the class. Let's put it as that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So my career part, I always thought I was going to be a content. Like, yeah, I'm going to be do a content. <laughs> and, you know, first off, like you said, the plan was to do accounting. I could kind of relate to that, but that, that ship has sailed. So yeah. what was it like getting into this training thing seriously? Like, you know, like you said, you always saw yourself doing accounting and then now you're doing this completely different thing. However, it is something that you already had interest in. But yeah, what was it like turning it into like a job, into a career at that point in time? I mean, bro, it was amazing. I'm going to say that it was amazing. I love fitness. Right. Um, and it was amazing. It was a bit challenging at first. The reason being I, I was one, I was learning so much information who I was learning the market. And uh, the third thing I would say, I was still learning how to properly sell myself business wise. And um, I mean, after my first year under my belt is like, man, I was like, damn, how much do a content makes? Right. Right. And then I realized that um, a, a student with a bachelor's degree in Belize, like, damn, they're struggling to make ends meet. And um, school basically, not to bash down on the school system because you're going to school and I, I am strong on being educated, right? But there's a difference when you actually want to be educated and you want more versus you, you're just there, you get a degree and you do so. You went to school with intention of, oh, I'm going to get a good job. And so when I realized that and I took the training thing serious, like I, I don't want to say any like go in depth, but training pretty much generated more income than a master's degree student almost i would say almost a phd level uh, someone at a phd level in belize training was generating right consistently too because one you treat it as a business so you want to have proper customer service with your clients you want to be uh, results driven and you just want to be business savvy so yeah so when i full-on pledge was training man it was paying the bills and then some i was like whoa this is crazy my, my whole perspective changed. And you know, well, you could look at it like this, right? Like you said, a lot of people go to school with the intention of getting a well-paid job. And in that sense, it kind of worked out for you. Like now you didn't technically go into the, you know, the stereotypical business per se, working in an office, but you did go into a business and you, you applied yourself accordingly. And, you know, you saw the results. So at the end of the day, I think a lot of people get too caught up with the fact that you have to go, when you go into business, you have to work in an office, you have to do this, you have to do that, like, you know, all the specific stuff. However, everything is a business at the end of the day, bro. Everything, everything is aimed towards making money. Facts. Facts. Like, I like to say this, and me and my wife, we had this debate, well, we, not a debate, we had this discussion um, on numerous occasions, like, and uh, a young man that I, he's like a little brother than me, but we have the same discussion about applied knowledge versus someone who just goes to school. With applied knowledge, you can do pretty much anything. Basically, whatever you learn, it can be through traditional schooling system. It can be self-taught, YouTube, um, internet, Google, right? We're in the 21st century. But once you apply the knowledge that you actually gain, man, you're, you're going to be scary. Good scary, right? So... That's just my perspective on uh, 
education. Like you want to be educated, but you want to apply the knowledge that you learn, not just to work an eight to five to have a good job. Because if you want to be complacent, that's fine, right? To each their own. So, yeah. Yeah, that's what I always say, right? Like that, that part is important to each their own because not everyone is, how to say, cut out to do things a certain way. Um, yeah. Your level of satisfaction might be higher up than mine. So it's all based on you, but, Facts. but the more you apply yourself more often than not, the further along you will get. So now COVID-19 came about in what early 2020. Yeah. And then I know of course, training definitely got harder to do. Gym's closed, bro. Gym's closed countrywide for months. <laughs> and so, um, what was your response or, what was the response of you and your team when, when that happened? First, first response was we were chilling, man. We thought that um, after the three months, because Belize locked down for three months, said after this three months lockdown, things are going to be more normalized. Things are going to open. I mean, but then, of course, after like two months, we realized that, man, this is going to be more than three months. I mean, uh, at the time when the, the lockdown first happened, my daughter was just turning three months, literally just turning three months. So, yeah, I was like, okay, I, I have a, a young daughter at home, a young child at home. My wife had decided last year that, um, you know, we decided actually that she's going to be a stay-at-home mom so she can um, raise our daughter the, the way that we want her to be raised. And boom, that happened, right? So it was, man, it was crazy. Same thing with my team. All those guys have kids and the bills are still going to pay. So, I mean, at first, everyone have a little a savings to float them for those couple months. But when the savings are getting less and less and less because you're not doing anything, I mean, we started brainstorming and it was, we started to try to do um, house calls, a lot of house calls. Then uh, with, with me and Chris, we actually started creating online programs, weight loss programs, um, booty gain programs, all type of online programs. So we tried to scrape up funds from all corners. So it was house calls. We go to your house and we train you mass on one-on-one training. Uh, you can sign up for an online program. We made it extremely, extremely cheap because of what was happening in Belize at the time. Uh, we didn't even care because we needed the money, right? Bills have to be paid. And it was a hustle and a grind 24-7 because uh, we had to. And yeah, for sure. Like, like you said, right? You have to make it cheap because at the end of the day, every little counts too, right? Um, exactly. So now you said you went to, through the whole COVID-19 process, you went into working online. So what made you transition from fitness? We're already, you know, we're doing this one-on-one house calls, um, setting up the programs online. What was that thing that just, that switch that turned on in your mind that said, okay, yeah, enough of this time to try and find something else? Bro, COVID was a wide, was an eye-opener, right? The biggest thing is, we just mentioned about everyone, um, satisfaction level is different. So when that happened and um, I was making enough to pay my bills and, you know, feed my family and all that, but I was not satisfied. So I was like, yo, I don't know how long COVID is going to be around. Obviously, it doesn't look like it was going anywhere anytime soon. And I started thinking, I have a daughter. Life is going to go on, though, even though COVID is going to be around. The bills are going to still be coming, right? My daughter is going to be getting older. So I was like, yo, uh, I have to diversify. So I'm like, I've always heard about people making money online. How can I do this? 
So, bro, it was it was a it was a tiresome process. Just, I, it took me about, to be honest, it took me about a solid three months of maybe four hours sleep. Because of course I got to be a father and a, and a husband, and I still was training people. So I was really booked. But I like when my days finished, I had to go crash, learn, 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 YouTube, Google, research, learn, and um. I felt comfortable enough. I found enough information. I found a safe platform. And once I found that safe platform, I started to experiment like, like hell, like crazy. And um, man, when I look back now, now compared to then, I was typing like 25 to 30 words per minute. That's super slow. And you notice, because I wasn't in front of a computer for years. And like in about two weeks, I was typing up to 50 words per minute because I was crashing, bro, like, Four hours, four hours a, a day sleep because after my day finishes, I have to go learn. And then, I mean, I, sh- I shot in the dark until I hit something. And yeah, I just kept learning and I failed. I failed multiple times. Right. But yeah, just, you just kept learning. Right. And fun fact, the first job I ever got online, I was making like $5 an hour. USD, that's just like 10 Belize, right? That's, that's not, that's nothing much. And that was, I'll never again, right? But I'm just saying that that was how I was just shooting in the dark because I needed to do something. I needed to figure out something. So, yeah. So more or less, when was it that you decided, okay, now I'm going to start cutting ties with training? Like how long after you started this whole online thing, did you realize that, okay, now I really got a hang of it now that like I can focus on this 100%. Man, last year, February, right? Gyms were going to be open fully at the time, but I, I, I've already got a little taste of the online market. And um, at the same time, when I was, uh, I was leaning towards the online market, one of my, one of my uh, an old friend of mine, we connected and we decided to open up a call center. He had a lot of experience, right? Already in the niche, uh, telemarketing. And I, I was, like I said, three years in the gym, no kind of, I don't know how to, I don't know how to be a telemarketer, right? So uh, I went with it though, because I, I was very intrigued about the thought of it. So I had to, again, that was part of my learning process. So I started working for a few companies and being a part of a, a small remote, remote telemarketing company, right? And of course, we made it official. We registered our business, registered it as an LLC and all that good stuff. And I started doing both. So yeah, so last year, February. So a little bit over a year now, and it's been great. Okay, that's good. So like you said, you guys started up like a call center, you do telemarketing and what's not. Give us a different perspective on all of that, because I feel like more often than not, when people hear the word call center, they look at it a certain type of way. Even myself, I'll be honest, like I don't knock it because people have to make money. But for me, you know, especially when you go to school so many years, only to know that, oh, this is the option you have when it's like, you know, in reality, it's maybe something you could have gotten into without spending all those years studying. So give us like a different outlook on the whole call center telemarketing thing. A different perspective of uh, telemarketing. I will say this. I I have a mission, all right, when it comes to telemarketing and um, my company. We we have maybe about 48 employees right now. We're trying to aim for about 60 and then maybe by next year we have 100, right? But I will say this. One of my goals is 
is to be able to pay the Belizean populace uh, workers out there more money and equip them better. One, one reason why a lot of people look at call centers wrongly is it's not that they make dirt money, you know. It's above the minimum wage, right? It's like $6 an hour. The best call center in Belize be like $6.25. But the reason why rates are that low, 6 and $6.25, Belize, right? Belize dollars, of course. Uh, most of the call centers here in Belize are owned by foreign investors. And they're paying $3.25 US, $3 US. But they're getting about 80 or 90% profit and 95, to be quite honest with you, what they're paying, right? That's completely honest. When it's, when it's locals like us, we actually have to work our way up like drastically. So our goal is we don't, we don't make excessive profits. We just make enough profits so we can stay engaged, right? And the goal is to hopefully in the next year or even less, Right. Personal mission is to get these Belizeans who are working from home because, I mean, it's Belizean owned. Right. So we want to look out for our own is get them to be earning anywhere between eight to ten dollars an hour so they can actually live a better life and equip them like knowledge wise. Right. It is. A, it is. A, it's, it's a strange complex. Because most individuals within the call center don't have that much background in schooling. Right. So that's the, that's the complex here. That is that is a hard complex here. Most of these individuals are just high school and that's it, right? So it takes, you will come across a couple of bachelor students, you know, that's pretty interesting, right? But that's because there's no jobs in Belize, right? So, but most of the people working do not have, or do, do not have any form of uh, tertiary level of ed- education at all, right? So that complex, it, it, is, it is a challenging one. It's nothing to look down on because like different campaigns, some of these agents make really good money, right? I'm saying when I say really good, I'm talking about maybe associates pay $1,400, $1,500, while some of them may make like $800 to $900 a month. So it all depends on the campaign and the agent. Uh, like you said, who, what are you satisfied with? So yeah, I'm just trying to change that complex in general, bro. It, it's going to be a lot of work, but that's the goal, right? Yeah, for sure. So, but all right. So I have a question for you, right? So prior to coming to Taiwan, I was working for two years. But I feel like a lot of jobs after some point of time, they become a little bit too repetitive. You get bored in a sense because you're not really learning anything from a job. And I'm someone that wants to be learning whether it's just a little bit of something, you know, exactly. When someone gets into the whole call center workspace, what is there like what's available for them to learn from like? What do you think are some things they take away from the job? Um, biggest thing, or uh, what I would say they take away is the ability to communicate. All right. So that is, that is a very, very underrated skill, the ability to communicate. And if you're really trying, I'm going to say this also, if you can sell, you will always be able to make money. Right. So really good agents who are striving, they're really trying their best to not just make a paycheck, but actually learning how to do the service or what they're being contracted for at a high level. And when you know how to sell, bro, you are able to make um, really, really good money and you will always be able to make money. So what I'd say the biggest thing, the route for any call center agent, uh, for the ones who actually want to learn how to sell, right? And, and of course, learn how to treat customers as well, which is the customer service aspect of the call center industry, right? I learned so much in such a little time trying to crash and get years of experience in months. 
And man, it literally worked wonders learning how to sell and learning how to handle customers properly. Yeah, those are two very important things in the business world, no matter what type of business you're in. So yeah, no matter what niche. Like, yeah, because like I just wanted to ask that for you to point it out and see what's what, because I feel like because, you know, we already have this, how to say, we already have this negative image of call centers and it makes it seem like there is nothing you can get out of working at one rather than, you know, just going there to make money, but you don't learn anything. So I just had to put a little shed some light. Shed on it, you know? Yeah, facts. Facts, uh, bro. The the same trainings that I did for my agents and what's not, I had to learn myself. And I can tell you this: I picked up a couple of side jobs because I like to maximize my day. And um, like I, I, well, you know me, so that's different. But I crashed like years of experience in months just by just uh trying my best to learn, um, trying to be better, and then executing right. And you'd be surprised what that level of information that you get from the same call center can make you like, I kid you not, like there, there are companies that would contract you for your skill set at anywhere between 15 to 30 USD an hour, which is crazy just to be on the phone for them and maybe do customer service with a little bit of sales. Ooh, that's, that's, that's a nice, nice money compared to what you can make back home. You know. 15 to 30 USD, but that's the thing you can do it at home. Yeah. And even, even work. Up even more convenient too. Yeah. You know, from the same skill set that you get from a call center. So like if most individuals, they go in miserable. Oh, like they oh just you're talking it. like, Oh yeah. Sorry. My bad. I got a little bit confused. This is more, you start off in the call center and then you could. Yeah. So what I'm saying, when I'm talking about branching out, I'm saying you start in the, the call center industry to gain knowledge and experience selling and providing top level customer service work. Once you feel confident in that skill set, you can freelance and freelancing. You can have long-term one year, two year contracts, short-term multiple contract. It doesn't matter. You can freelance the hell out of that skill set. So you're basically saying, okay, with this skill that I've acquired, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. And uh, this is what I'm going to charge for my services. So you're providing that service that I can sell. Like Joshua, um, you have a podcast and a show you need more subscribers or you need this or whatever you need or whatever the case may be. Okay. I'm going to sell your show to whatever audience that you want. You contract me. You say, okay, okay, John, what's your rate? Um, Josh, for this specific job um, to get the numbers you want, it might take about three to six months. And my rate is $20 an hour and I can't allocate 30 hours a week for you. 20 us an hour, by the way. Right. So that's what I'm coming from. But most individuals don't look at it from that perspective. I don't even have a year. I, well, I have over a year in the call center and telemarketing industry. And I've done that. And I've, made, I've met Belizeans with five, 10 years. Like all those years of experience. Like if they truly, truly understand their full potential, like I kid you not, treat it like a business. Like you said, treat everything like a business, right? Yeah, for sure. I, li- I like the way you broke it down relating it to to the podcast and all that type of stuff it it can be as simple as that but at the same time it seems simple but you got to put in the work exactly exactly you have to put in the work but um for everyone who listens to your podcast there are different credible um platforms that you can go use your talent 
to whatever talent you have and service that you can provide. It goes not just telemarketing. It can be digital marketing. It can be um, even you, Josh, um, podcasts. Like you can edit podcasts. You can do voiceovers, whatever you can do. There's different platforms out there that you can actually start to sell your service on. Uh, one of the well-known ones if, for those who will be listening is called Upwork. And that's U-P-W-O-R-K. Very, very, very amazing, amazing, amazing site. Changed my life, to be quite honest with you. Upwork. Okay, got it. Noted. If anyone interested, don't forget to search Upwork. That's U-P-W-O-R-K. So, bro, moving on from this whole online working and what's not. Well, actually, before we move on from it, is there anything you want to reiterate? Anything specific that you want to highlight before we move on from it? I just want to highlight that um, like there are so many opportunities out there, but most of the time, with, like, and this is me also, right? And I know this is pretty much everyone. We get so skeptical when we hear about making money online. Like, this is a scam, right? <laughs> everyone. But um, there are ways if you do your research, you know what is credible and what is not. And uh, just to give a little bit of tips or advice out there, anything that asks you to make a payment is a scam. No company is going to contract you and say, Joshua, yeah, we want you to be our... Um, talk show for a podcast, but before you get started, you have to make a down payment of 100 USD. That is a scam. No company, no, no credible company will ever ask you to make any payment, right? They're contracting you for your services. And yeah, there are credible channels that you will be using to get paid and all that good stuff. So yeah, don't doubt yourself. Yes, the online market can be dangerous because a lot of people are out there trying to scam people. But with doing your proper research, you will be able to see through any scam before you even knocks on your door. Perfect. Yeah. Do due diligence before getting into anything, period. So, bro, moving on from business, man, you mentioned, you know, your wife, daughter, you're a young guy. What's it like being a young, young father, in a sense, um, challenges that have come along with it? How has it helped you to grow as an individual, both in the sense of a father, husband, and also how you apply it to your career? <laughs> Bro, being a, being a father is the, is the best thing or the best thing I've ever, uh, I can't even explain, but it's the best feeling ever. Um, it's my biggest accomplishment, being a father, being a husband. Um, and it have allowed me to be even more focused, right? And even be better with time management because I, I know that, okay, cool. If I don't get this done within this time, I'm not going to be able to get it done until tomorrow because after that, the rest of the time is for my daughter and my wife. So yeah, it's more responsibility, right? But I will say this <laughs> to all the young guys out there, right? Who are not fathers as yet, including yourself, Josh. School did not prepare you for marriage or a child. I'm going to say that, right? So do not have a child if you are not ready financially, mentally, emotionally, right? Spiritually, do not make a child. If you are financially ready, you're still not ready because you have to, it, it's a, it's a entirety, right? Spiritually, financially, emotionally, mentally, you have to be ready for that. If you are planning to have a child, uh, with the grace of God, I was ready and my wife was ready. And thus we actually had our daughter. I like that you broke it down into that because I feel like myself, not really myself, but I feel like in general, a lot of people only think about the financial side of it. Like, 
oh, if you can't afford to have a baby, don't have a baby. But while the money part is important, there is more to it than just money. Way more. <laughs> so it takes patience, man. And then if you really look at the world, a lot of the problems of the world can be solved at home, right? So if, if I want to change the world, I'm going to start, of course, by changing myself and trying to be better every single day until I take my last breath. And by being better, that means being a better father, being a better husband. And if I can be a better father and I instill and plant the right seeds that I want in my daughter and water those seeds and hope to God that by me and my wife doing our part, she's going to be a better person also, better than me, better than her mom. She's going to be a better, she's going to be a better neighbor to her neighbors, a better individual to every stranger. So yeah, that's how you change the world. So it starts from home, but we can't do that if we're not mentally, spiritually, and emotionally ready for her when she comes into this world. Yeah, that's, that's, that's very true. So now you mentioned a lot about mentally, spiritually, um, emotionally, all of these things. And so here on my podcast, I try to try my best to tie in things to the mental side of stuff. Cause I feel like more often than not, we're raised in a culture that kind of disregards it to say the least. Um, yeah. What has it been like, you know, and it's clear to see that you for sure have had a lot of mental battles throughout your working career in the sense of, you know, transitioning through the whole COVID time, um, balancing everything you got going on. So, what were like some major mental, major mental hurdles you had to overcome? How did you handle them and what's not? <laughs> That's a good one, right? I have a good answer for you, though. Um, the major mental hurdle for me being that I had a, I had a family and um, COVID hit was, uh, to be quite honest with you, the financial implications, right? Yeah, I'm responsible for three months. That's inclusive of myself, right? So it's not just if my belly is full, I need to make sure my wife belly was full, my daughter belly was full, and then there are the bad guys, or I'm not going to call them bad guys, but the bosses, which is BL, Belize Electricity Limited, um, WASA, the water services, and internet services. So those had to be always be on top of that. I don't come from a rich family. So when, when the financial implications hit with COVID, that was a huge mental battle. Like it literally causes you to feel overwhelmed. It causes an anxiety also. And the only way that you can pull yourself out, because at that time, some individuals are blessed to have people to call on, right? Which is kudos to you guys. That's a big blessing. Some individuals are not so lucky. So how do you handle those mental stress? And I'm going to tell people this, and I'm going to be honest with you guys. The biggest thing is you want, you have to believe in yourself. That's the truth. You have to believe that, okay, you are going to overcome this. And if you don't wholeheartedly believe that you will, you probably won't. You probably, even when it comes a day in time that you are getting over it, meaning that you're getting out of that, maybe that stress level that you were, the minute something else happens bad at that time, you're going to fall right back down into that anxiety and depression. So the biggest thing I, I would say, Josh, you have to believe in yourself. So that's how I, I handle that. The second thing is, <laughs> um, I told my friend this once, we were making really good money training and um, we, we were having a debate and the debate was like, where else in Belize can you make this type of income, right? Where else can you make this type of income and you're just training, right? And my response was, I can do this with anything I do because I'm going to give it my all. 
<laughs> right? So um, for me, is I'm going to say this, and I said this once before, don't try to prove others wrong, but try to prove yourself right. So I told myself that, and when all the stress hit and all the bills are piling up with COVID, I reminded myself, like, I told myself that I can do anything at a high level if I put my mind to it. And I literally was not thinking about anyone else, but proving to myself that I am who I said I am. I say I'm a good father. So I prove, I try to prove to myself that I'm a good father by doing the right things and, and spending quality time with my daughter. I want to prove to myself that I'm a good husband. So I make sure that I don't put myself in a position whereby my wife will feel disrespected, right? Or I don't disrespect her in any manner and be there for her and all that. So yeah, prove yourself right. That's how, that's how you're going to get it. Don't prove others wrong. Prove yourself right. And very good points because at the end of the day, one, you're the only person that's going to be stuck with you no matter what. So like, it doesn't make Fact. sense to be trying to be out there trying to prove others wrong who literally, to be honest, don't really have that much of an importance in a sense, because more often than not, the people we're trying to prove wrong are people that are irrelevant to an extent, you know? And, yeah. and then also the point about believing, you know, it takes me back because me and one of my cousins talked about it once. It's like, he's like, think about all the times you've been in a bad situation and think about it. Did you get stuck in that situation or did something clear up? Did something work out? And he's like, you know, things always find a way to get better. So you just have to look at life from that perspective. Like, sure, you don't want to sit back and just wait for it to get better. But at the same time, just know that things will always work out. It might not be as soon as you want it to, but it will. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Basically, life goes on. Um, I, one of my friends once said this also, same thing like what you said. Like, if you are stuck in a hole, you're never going to stay stuck, right? Because at some point, it's going to rain. And if it rains, your body can float out. <laughs> So his point was that no matter what hole you are in, you find yourself and you will come out, right? You see, there will at some point, something is going to change the tide and you will be able to get out of that hole. So you're just going to stick it true. Yep. And that's very true. Well, bro, it's, it's been a pleasure having you on here, talking with you. It's been a while since we've actually had a, a solid conversation. Um, but before we wrap things up, I usually like to ask people to, you know, go ahead and drop a quote that, you know, kind of one describes how you live your life or just a quote that you, that you resonate with. Uh, a quote that I resonate with is one, two. I, I'm gonna, I have to put two in there. Be who you say you are. And the second one would be all limitations are self-imposed. So yeah, be who you say you are. That's the biggest one. Be who you say you are. So if you say, I am, I am the best basketball player in Belize, then go out and be the best basketball player in Belize. And I'll bow down to also be mindful of what you say you are because you do not want to speak negativity because you do not want to be negative, right? So be who you say you are. And remember, all limitations are self-imposed. Two great quotes to remember. Bro, before you go, because you have been in this online space for for the time that you have, you've have, you have this knowledge that you've gained over the time. If you are willing to share with others or if others 
want to find a way to reach out to you in the sense of wanting to work for you or with you. Do you have any way in which they can contact you? Uh, Instagram, bro. Uh, you, can, you can hit me up on IG. Uh, Johnny underscore, that's A-G-E-N-I underscore the realest. The T-H-E underscore realest. Okay, I'll put that in the description. And also, like, you know, for the professional people, do you have a email address? Email. Yeah. Yeah. A Johnny, A-J-A-N-I, official 24 at gmail.com. I just want to throw this out there. I have helped a couple of people get on the online platform. Um, of course, I've employed people under me, but uh, countless people, but individuals who were ready to take that next step. And I, I tried it. I'm going to hopefully eventually in the future do things like, um, well, of course, when, when I build my company to where I want and I have more free time, do more stuff like free workshops and stuff like that. Because I've, I've, there is one young man that I, I work with, um, not with as in, um, in, a, in a working setting, but I, I taught him from scratch. He dropped out of high school. He's about 21 years old. And um, man, he's, he's not even making as much as he would right now. And he's making more than an associate's degree student in Belize. And he's changing his laptop because he's he gotten offers that will make him about $3,000 a month, Belize. And that's really good for someone that didn't even finish high school, right? Super good. Yeah. yeah. And I taught him from the scratch, helped him with his profile, helped him to navigate through a proper interview, how to respond to clients and these individuals looking to hire and um, yeah, how to sell himself. And of course, the skill sets that he need to execute what he say, who we say he is, right? Like I said, be who you say you are. And now, boom, he's less than a year and he's, he's crushing it. Okay, that's great. Well, hopefully there's someone along the way, someone that's listening to this that might just need that little nudge, that little assistance to get to that point as well. Facts. Hopefully, right? Yep. Well, bro, thanks for taking the time out to join me. Thanks for even suggesting that we, we have this conversation, man. It's, it's, it's been a good one. Well, with all that said, I will catch you guys on the next episode. Peace. Peace out.